Welcome to the More with Nikki Dutton podcast. Like every episode, I'm always happy that you are here and never take it lightly that you are tuning in to meet these incredible people that I have gotten to know in my life. And then every once in a while, you'll tune in and get to hear an episode like this one where today it's going to just be me in this conversation. And I'm going to be sharing something that is super close to my heart. It's something that's very dear to me. And I do also want to say that it is a sensitive topic and that I'm going to be talking about the loss of a pregnancy. And so if you are in a place where you feel like that might just be a little bit much for your heart or for your mind, I just wanted to give that heads up because I know that for myself, I've sometimes stumbled into listening to podcasts or episodes that just totally take you off guard. And so I just don't want anyone to be taken off guard by this. And I also want to just say up front, while I am going to be talking about the loss of a pregnancy, I really do feel like this episode is also a celebration. It's a celebration of a life and of a life that I love so, so much with all of my heart. And so this isn't just going to be 30 minutes of really heavy, hard things, although that is part of the story. Um, It's not the whole story. So if you're sticking with me and if you would like to listen and hear more kind of about my experience, about Scott's experience, then I would love to have you. But if not, full permission to just skip to the next episode or hang out for the next guest that will come in a future episode. So yeah, I just want to jump in and get started. So the story kind of starts in Texas, like over a year ago. Scott and I have this habit where on Saturday mornings, really late in the morning, honestly, we like to go get brunch together. And there is this place in Fort Worth called Native, and that was kind of our go-to. Every Saturday morning, once we rolled out of bed and we walked Scout, we would head to Native and get brunch together. And I remember one Saturday, we were at Native and we were eating, and we just were having a really good conversation. We were talking about this next season and what we wanted in life, what we wanted for our marriage. And then we started to talk more about family. And ever since Scott and I have been dating and then engaged and married, we've always known that we wanted to have a family, but it just didn't feel like it was time yet. And so We had moved a ton, if you followed our journey at all. We had jumped from Georgia to California, from California to Texas, now from Texas to Georgia again. And we've just been kind of open-handed with our address and with our plans. And we knew that if it was the Lord's will, we could definitely do that with a baby, but that if we could choose, we would maybe choose to wait. And so I wouldn't trade the years that we've had so far, just the two of us for anything. I think it's been for the two of us just personally, we feel like it's been a really great way to start our life together. And it's even kind of a funny thing because I, when I talk about us wanting to start a family or deciding that we want to have a family, that phrase doesn't feel right to me because I do feel like Scott and I's family started with 
us. It already has begun. And so really, when we're talking about having a family or starting a family, we're just talking about adding to our family. Uh, Right now, we're already a family of four. We've got me, we've got Scott, and we've got Scout, and we've got Trooper. And so, yeah, really though, I mean, it just, that's kind of our mindset has been, we have taken these first few years just to get our foundation and to get to know each other and just to really enjoy this time. Because I think that our family, which has already started, will have lots of seasons to it. And so anyway, we're at this brunch in Texas and as we're talking about the reality of having kids and how early do we want to have kids and where are we at with that, for the very first time, both of us said that we were kind of open to exploring that sooner than later. And we started talking logistics because at this time we were still living in Texas and we weren't quite sure what our future would look like. We were starting to feel this pull back to Georgia And we said that really in this next year, we would love to start trying to have a baby. And that was a big part of our move back to Georgia is that we wanted to come back and be close to family and friends. And to be honest, a lot of our friends feel like family. And so we wanted to be by all of these people and my sister's here in Atlanta and just to be able to have them be a part of our children's life. And also for us to get to be a part of their kids' lives, because it was so funny that just last weekend we were with some of our friends and it was like, oh my gosh, everybody has a kid now. And it just is this whole new chapter of our friend group and our community. And so that's where we were at. We make the move back to Georgia. And we kind of spend the first, you know, six months just getting settled here, just getting our bearings. And then we felt like it was time and we wanted to start trying for a baby. And so we found out that we were pregnant on March 21st, which is just really cool because today I was doing a little timeline. And I guess March 21st is a really important date in my life because I realized that was also the day where I found out about the Propel Women Wheaton cohort for the very first time. I need to do more like going back and looking at the record to see like what else has happened on March 21st. But either way, two big things in my life have happened on that date. And so March 21st, 2022, Scott and I find out that we are pregnant. And I think a lot of people would expect for Scott and I to be like the Hallmark commercials, you know, where they're like jumping up and they're screaming and they're dancing or whatever. We just sat on the edge of the bed in shock. Like we just couldn't believe that it was really happening. And so we decided to keep that news just to ourselves for the first few days because we just wanted to be able to sit in it and just really kind of wrap our brains around it. And then little by little, we started telling some of our family and friends and it was so fun. I mean, it just was the most fun thing that we have done getting just to like invite people into this and to see everyone's reaction. And also in those first couple weeks, I was a Googling mad woman. I mean, if the government is tracking my Google searches, they were like, wow, this woman knows literally nothing about having a baby. Cause I was Googling everything. And especially because it was those early, early days where it was like, I just don't know what to expect and what is going to happen and like what kind of clothes and 
food and diapers and like all these things. Like I just realized like, wow, we really don't know anything. And so we were so, 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 so excited. And we went to our first doctor's visit. Everything looked good, um, just very, very early. And another thing that kind of coincided with this time is that Scott and I had booked this once-in-a-lifetime trip to go to Paris and then to go to London because two of our best friends in the entire world, Hannah and Alex Purdy, live in London. Hannah actually works for the A21 London office, and we have been wanting to go see them and meet their friends and look at their life there for the last three years. But hello, pandemic, we haven't been able to do that. And so a few months back, we just were like, we're just going to go for it. We're going to go for it. If we don't prioritize it now, it's never going to happen. And so we booked the trip. And so the plan was to meet them in Paris and spend like four days in Paris and then to go on to London. And so of course my Google searches are like, is it okay for me to go through the metal detector? And do I need to wear compression socks? And is it safe to be on a plane for that long? And all these things. And not just Google, but also I spoke with my doctor and everyone was like, you're fine. Like it's it's totally fine. It's not a big deal. Travel will not affect your baby. You're all good to go. And so we decided to keep our trip once we found out we were pregnant. And it was just an exciting thing. Just this thought that we would get to even kind of bring this um, this baby along for this ride. And so we take the flight from the U.S. to from Atlanta to Paris. And I mean, that moment when we walked into the airport and saw our friends' faces for the first time in like a year and a half and just meeting them in another country was just surreal. It was just so surreal. Also, we were really tired because if you've tried to sleep on an airplane, it's just tough. And I was in the middle seat, so it it just was tough. And so we get to our Airbnb, we drop all our stuff off and, um, we start to go for a walk. And so this is our very first evening in Paris with our friends. And like I said, everything is just like a dream. I mean, we're looking at Notre Dame. We are like in the vicinity almost of the Eiffel Tower. And we're seeing all these like little French cafes and it just was amazing. And so Uh, I remember actually the very first meal that we had in Paris uh, was McDonald's because my appetite was like all over the place and what I liked and didn't like was kind of all over the place and it had been a long day of travel so we just settled on McDonald's. (laughs) It It was amazing and myself, Hannah and Alex sat there and just enjoyed our McDonald's, our Mickey D's for a little while while Scott napped and then we kind of just walked a little bit for the evening and when we got back that night I started just to feel a little bit of cramping and just kind of had um, just a little bit of weird symptoms and so you know it had been a really really long day and so we thought like 
let's just be careful, take it easy and head to bed. And so I did. And shortly, um, that next day I I continued to experience some symptoms and then, um, they got to the point where I was starting to feel concerned and I'm not going to go into those details here. I just, I think that that is just a really tough thing. And so, um, some of those things just happened that made me have alarm. And what we did from that point, Point forward was immediately try to get in touch with my doctor back in the U.S. and it was a whole thing. It was a whole fiasco, just trying to get in touch with someone on Atlanta time versus Paris time, and using international phone numbers and all of these things. And once we got a hold of my doctor, they said that they would like for me to go get checked out just to make sure everything was okay. Because at that time, um, it really was kind of fifty-fifty if what I was experiencing was just normal because what I've learned is that pregnancy is super weird or if it was something to cause concern. And so this is a hard part of the story, but it is also like so beautiful. Um, the care that we received in Paris, we hop in an Uber, we go to the emergency room and actually in Paris, they have an emergency room that is just dedicated to OBGYN um, emergencies, which is brilliant. It was so nice because everyone there was focused on that type of medical condition, um, whatever could come with pregnancy. And so, yeah, so we, we go. And if you didn't know this, Hannah Purdy speaks beautiful French. Literally every person we met in Paris would comment on how gorgeous her accent was because it is, it's beautiful. And so she is helping kind of translate for me and we go to the check-in counter and the two women there, they don't speak great English, but they speak way more than I do French. And between Hannah and their English, we're able to kind of explain the situation and we sit down. And so, um, I meet my doctor, I meet the, um, kind of physician's assistant that is helping her for the day. And the physician's assistant and the doctor both spoke fluent English. I mean, it was gorgeous. I could understand everything. I felt very at ease and like they were understanding me. And we go into the room and because they spoke such great English, Scott and I were actually able to go in just the two of us. And that is where we did find out that our pregnancy had ended and that what I was experiencing were the symptoms of losing a pregnancy. And of course, we were devastated. It was really, really difficult, um, really unexpected. And immediately my thought is, what did I do to cause this? You know, um, was, should I have not been on the plane? Would it be different if we had stayed home? Did I walk too much, even though we took it easy? Like, should I have taken it even easier? Just, you know, all these thoughts, like just come to your mind. And from what I understand, the, the truth of it is that like one in four women will experience the loss of a pregnancy at some point in their life and that there really aren't a lot of answers for how or why that happens so early on. So I was at six weeks at the time, which is very early. Um, but yeah, the whole thing was just, yeah, really, really hard, (laughs) really, really hard and sad. Um, but like I said, the, the, I can't express enough how 
incredible that doctor and that physician's assistant were. Just the the time they took with me, the care they took with me, the level of excellence medically that they were able to um, you know, look into everything and the tests that they were able to run. It was just a, it was a godsend. I mean, it really felt like they were more like angels than humans at that time. And, um, even the next day they had asked me to come back because they had taken my blood and they just wanted to check for some infections. And so we came back the next day and, um, the, one of the women who was at the front desk, you know, she, she was there. And the day before when I had been getting my blood taken, um, she had come over and, you know, I was very emotional and it was very obvious. And she put her hand on my arm and she said, I don't speak speak good English, uh, but I want to speak to you in French. And for the next like 60 seconds, she just spoke so much beauty and life over me. And I don't think she's a Christian. I don't know. She could be. Um, but she just spoke so much love over me in a language that I couldn't understand with my mind, but I totally understood with my heart. And at the end of it, she said, you're going to be okay. I believe that you're going to be a mom one day. And I can't wait for you to have your beautiful baby. And then she (laughs) said that she was like, and maybe it'll be twins, you know, and she just kind of lightened the mood. And so we laughed and I was like, I don't know about that. And so I, I, yeah, I just cannot express enough how cared for I felt in that moment of just shock and devastation and confusion and sadness and grief and guilt. And then there were these women, there was Hannah who spoke such beautiful French and who was just so kind and patient and just took us through every moment. And then there was, you know, these two women at the check-in counter who, even though we didn't really share a language, like they, they actually cared for me and these doctors that took such good care of me. And, um, a a lot of people have said, you know, that must've been really, really hard to have that experience overseas. And in some ways for sure. Um, but I actually feel like it was the right place at the right time. I think that, um, I wouldn't change that format for experiencing such a hard thing. Um, just because I saw the Lord's goodness in so many ways and even having Hannah and Alex with us, like people that, like I said, feel less like friends and more like family. Like these people are family to us and to have them there and to be able to just kind of go through this together. And the fact that, to be honest, we had a lot of days ahead of us on this trip. And so we could kind of just be in, um, in Europe. We could kind of be in London and Paris and just hide for a while for seven days and just kind of process it just on a small scale before we really had to kind of give an account um, to people who knew our situation and who would have questions. And so that is kind of how it happened. And like I said, I'm, I'm not trying to be graphic or to be um, heavy or shocking or anything like that. Um, that's just the, the facts. That's just the reality. That's just the truth of what happened with us and kind of 
coming to the end of that pregnancy. And what happened after we left the hospital that day was also just a really beautiful moment. So um, Scott and I and Hannah and Alex headed back to the Airbnb so that I could get some rest and um, just kind of be and process, start to try to wrap our minds around this. And Scott and I went downstairs where we were staying and there was this blue couch in the room and we just sat on the blue couch and we just cried. (laughs) We just cried. Um, It just was tough. And we started talking about, um, you know, what we wanted to do to honor this life, to honor this child that will always be our child, even though we didn't get to know them in the lifespan that we thought or in the way that we thought. Uh, Our belief is that we will see them again one day and that they have now lived a life with no pain, with no suffering, that they actually have kind of the better end of the gig (laughs) getting to be with the Lord at this time. And so that's our belief is that we'll see them again. But that waiting is hard, you know, that time in between now and just kind of grieving what we thought was going to be in in that life is just, it's tough. It, It is tough. And so we were sitting there and, um, we, Scott said, you know, I think that we should give this baby a name. And I couldn't agree more. I mean, we had already been talking about baby names for the the weeks that we had known we were pregnant. I had a little list on my phone. And it's funny because the second name on my fo- on the list on my phone was a name that had come to me in those weeks before. But I don't know, it just didn't fit the life that I had envisioned for this child, right? Like I was trying to picture them having this name in all these different scenarios in, you know, my image of their life. And now in that moment, sitting on that blue couch, like recognizing that this life was going to be very different than we expected, um, the name made perfect sense. And that name is Hosanna. And so we decided that, um, even though we didn't know the gender, we just were going to kind of lean into what our gut was. And our gut was that this was a girl and we named her Hosanna. And it ended up being a beautiful thing. We didn't do this on purpose, but uh, we realized that we lost the pregnancy actually on Palm Sunday. And so just even more the significance of Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest, this cry, this call out to the Lord, um, it just resonated with us a lot. And so her name is Hosanna. And like I said, it, this isn't all a horrible story. It is unimaginable circumstances that I would never wish on anyone, but, um, we still love her life and we're still so grateful for her life. And we are not embarrassed or ashamed or wishing that we had not told anyone. Um, If anything, we want everyone to know about her because we want people to know that she exists and that she's real and that she's real to us and that she is the, you know, the first child that we had the opportunity to parent in a very different kind of way. And, um, 
although we had pictured that being, you know, over an entire lifespan, this will always be the first baby, the first life that made me a mom. And that will always be so special to me. And she will always be the first one that made Scott a dad. And we'll just never take that for granted. Um, And I want to say this just right now that There are people listening to this, I'm sure, that have had their own experience with the loss of a pregnancy. Maybe that is your own. You have lost a pregnancy. Maybe that is someone in your family has. uh, Your mom, you know, lost a child when you were growing up. Maybe it's your siblings. Maybe it's your friends. I don't know what exactly your scenario is, but I do know that there is totally space for you to navigate that loss in whatever way makes the most sense for you. So what I don't want to do is to say that the way that Scott and I handled it, the fact that I'm talking about it so publicly so soon, or the fact that we decided to name our child, or the fact that we did any of those things, those are not the standard. That is not what every person who's navigating this needs to do by any means. I think that like with any loss or with any grief, you really have to check in with yourself and see what makes the most sense for your own heart, for your own healing. And so please don't hear me saying that everyone needs to do this because I I was telling my friends recently that I am not trying to be the poster child for losing a, a baby for miscarriage. I'm not trying to make an example or become a spokesperson at all. Um, that makes me feel sick. I do not want to be that. I'm not claiming that at all. Um, but for us, what made the most sense to us is to, um, share her life with people. And so that's what this episode is. And that's also what I did on Instagram. I I shared a little bit of this story there. And we also don't regret that we told people, uh, when we were pregnant, because we're glad that people could know her, especially since Hosanna's life was shorter than we expected. Um, and I wanted to say this too, when we got back from, when we got back from London, I had a lot of feelings. I mean, even though it had been seven days, like that's nothing. It, It was still so fresh. And now we faced like kind of the scariest part, which was Um, going back to our everyday routines and not having that pregnancy there. That was really hard. And also talking to people and giving them updates and letting them know, hey, uh, something has changed and this didn't go the way that we thought it would. That was hard and it brings tears to my eyes. Like even thinking about it, it just was really, really hard. Um, And we had a doctor's appointment that was already set up when we got back and we went ahead and kept that appointment so that we could just check everything out. And um, yeah, that, that doctor was incredible. Um, She was actually a midwife and she sat with us. She answered our questions. And of course I was emotional. Scott was emotional. It just, it sucks. It sucks a lot. And she, the midwife actually looked up at the ceiling and she, she was crying and she was like, I'm going to look up at the ceiling. Cause if I look at you, I'm not going to be able to say these important things I need to say. But she was like, my heart is with you and I feel this for you and I'm so sorry for you. And she could understand, unfortunately, because she had had that own, her own experience in that way. So 
again, another absolute angel of a person that we got to encounter in this just awful circumstance. Um, so why do I share these things? Why, why would I come on a podcast episode and, and tell the story? Well, one of those things is because, um, I have just been shocked at the amount of people once I did make it public that we had experienced a miscarriage, the amount of women who have reached out to me to say that they also have experienced that. Or, um, unfortunately I I have friends right now, like since finding out about ours, um, have now walked through that themselves. And it's just awful. I mean, it's just awful every time there's, there's no good to it. And even though I have this expectation that that life still exists and that there is goodness there, it still sucks. It still is hard and hurtful and sad. And it's just, there's no good, (laughs) there's no good way to spin it. There's no positive silver lining or whatever that you can put on it. It's just awful. And I've told all these women that I would never wish that for them and that my heart like breaks. Like I just feel so sad that that's been their experience. So I share here because one, um, I just want anyone who is going through this to know that they're not alone. Two, if you are not in a place where you're trying to have kids, but maybe someone in your life is, um, maybe this story just helps you feel like a little bit more tender towards them, a little bit more sensitive towards them. I think it has definitely increased my sensitivity to expecting or hopeful moms and dads. And luckily I have incredible people in my life who have taught me so much already through their pursuit of adoption or through their pursuit of being a foster family. Uh, I've learned so much from the people in my world. So maybe this episode is helpful for someone who just has um, hopeful parents in their life. And it just helps you maybe think about some of the the things and it, it just peels back that curtain so that you can see kind of what that step-by-step situation is like when you find out when you're making that decision that you want to add kids to your family. And then unfortunately for us, which I pray in Jesus name will not happen to anyone else. But, um, if it does that, it just gives you an understanding of kind of what walking through that might be like for them. And also I, like I said, I love Hosanna and I'm happy for her life. I'm thankful for her life. I mean, wow. Um, her life changed me in such a short time. And, um, yeah, it's just really, really special. And so I want people to know about her. And that's another reason why I wanted to have this episode. And, you know, this podcast, it's, it's my passion project. You know that if you've been listening for a while, it is just a space that I love. It's a space that I protect. It's a space that I'm trying to cultivate and I'm trying to fill this space. I'm trying to cultivate this space with honesty and with inspiration, with faith, with accounts and histories and records and miracles and all these things. I I just want this podcast to be a home for those types of things. And what I also think this podcast is a home to 
is it's a home to the difficulty. It's a home to the raw. It's a home to uh, the unfinished as well, uh, because that's life. And that's really the beauty of us kind of working out this already not yet aspect of the kingdom of God, where we have the hope of Christ now. We have access to the miraculous power of Christ now. However, it's heaven is not fully realized here yet, so we still experience pain and loss and difficulty. And so, yeah, I just, I think even for myself, this episode will be a marker for me of a reminder that we are living in that tension of the already and the not yet. And this is a part of our story for Scott and I that we have decided to share um, for now. And we feel really good about that. And maybe we'll continue to share and maybe we won't. We feel total freedom to make whatever choice is best for us and our family as our family continues to grow. Um, But for now, this feels right to us. And uh, this is just something that we agreed on that would be good. And so I just want to say like a huge, 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 huge thank you to Scott. I mean, he has been, I don't have words. Obviously you can hear me stumbling right now. Uh, He has just been amazing. I just, I couldn't have asked for anything more in a partner, in a husband, in a father to my kids. Like he is the real deal. And you all know that. Also, just a huge thank you to Hannah and Alex. They were so gracious to us when this dream once in a lifetime trip turned really different. Um, They were so patient and so loving. And so I'm just really grateful for them too. Um, Thank you to the amazing doctors, both in Paris and in in the States here in Atlanta. I could not have gotten better care. And I just pray that any mom or dad or person who is in need would experience that kind of care. And just thank you to anyone who has called or texted or sent flowers or anything over the last, even DMs over the last few weeks. It has meant so much. And I don't really have words to tell you uh, the meaning and the magnitude of your love and your presence in our life over uh, this last month or so. So thank you so, so much. And what's next for us? Um, Well, we are still hopeful and we have a lot of friends in our lives who are welcoming babies into their world. And we're genuinely excited while we are still grieving the loss of our expectant life with Hosanna. uh, We're still so excited for our friends. We literally have, I think, two friends this week who are bringing babies into this world. And then we know of like three others that are having babies in July. And then a lot of other uh, friends who have announced that they're having babies later in November and December. And we're so excited. We're so, so, so excited. So right now for us, we feel genuinely good about celebrating with people. Um, So if you're listening to this and if you're one of those people in our world, like we're happy to celebrate you and we can't wait to watch our friends' families grow. And for us, we are hopeful and we're expectant and we believe that we will continue to push forward and adding to our family. We believe that this life will always be an important aspect of our family, but that we will get to experience uh, children 
in a full sense here on earth as well. And so we are kind of moving forward in health and in all of those things, um, just kind of coordinating with the doctor about, you know, best things and all of that. Um, but we're excited. We're excited to have kids and we have that hope and that expectation for the future. So that's kind of where we are. And now I'm happy that if you've listened to this, that you get to know Hosanna too. And I don't know if maybe you have your own type of Hosanna in your life, but I hope you know that I am always a person who loves to hear those stories. So if you have a story you want to share or a life that you want to share or a snippet, you can always reach out to me. I'll include my email down here um, in the show notes, just if you want to reach out. And you can also always find me on Instagram too. So feel free to DM me there if there's anything that you want to share. And as we look forward, not just in life, but in this podcast world, um, I'm excited for the next Just Me episode. So if you've been kind of following along, you'll notice that my rhythm right now is that I'm doing two interviews and then I'm doing one episode where it's just me. So just to kind of mix it up, keep it fresh, might even throw a couple bonus episodes here and there in the mix. But I'm really excited because the next just me episode, I'm bringing back everyone's favorite. Um, I'm bringing back the person who people call when they need advice on a job. I'm calling back the person who uh, lights up a room. I'm, I'm bringing back the person who is notorious for when he catches himself on the Target security cameras or the Walmart security cameras, he just starts to bust out in a dance. I'm bringing back Scott Dutton to the podcast, okay? And it's taken a lot of convincing, but he has said yes. And so I'm gonna bring him back in like, We'll have two episodes where it'll be an interview. And then that third one, I'm going to bring Scott back and we're going to just do another Q&A to get to know him, have fun. We might add some other things in there. So you can look forward to that if you follow along faithfully with this podcast. And then also, if you're someone who just likes to keep up with what's going on in my world, um, you might have seen that I'm really proud of a project I've been working on with an incredible team. The team is called Thursdays and Co. And they helped me do this total overhaul of my website. And when I shared this on Instagram recently, I was saying like, my biggest fear is I don't want to come off like a weird wannabe like influencer. Like that's not why I'm trying to do that. But I do want to be faithful to the opportunities that I have to speak and to write and to host this podcast. So that website is a good home for those things. And if you want to check it out, it's NikkiDutton.com. And I would love to hear from you there too. If you have any thoughts or if you want to tell me how beautiful it is, I will welcome that all day long. But I'm so, so excited about that too. And yeah, good things are coming. I think that there are lots of good things to come. And just as I kind of wind this episode down, I just want to speak a blessing over anyone who is listening and wants to have their own family. I just pray blessing over you and your relationships, your family, your friendships, your partner. I just pray blessing over that. I pray blessing over your body, that it will do everything that it needs to do. I pray just healing over your heritage. I pray 
um, expectancy and visions and words and dreams for your future and your family's future and your children's future. And I just pray for a blessing that will flow through you into generations and generations and generations in Jesus' name. 